0: Sermon Twenty Nine of the Sermons upon the Epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians by John Calvin, translated by Arthur Golding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. But you have not learned Christ so, at leastwise, if you have heard him and been taught in him, even as the truth is in Jesus. That is to wit, that ye put off the old man after the former conversation, which is corrupt after the lusts of error, and be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man which is created after God in righteousness and holiness. St. Paul showeth us by the example of the heathen men and unbelievers how wretched man's life is when he suffereth himself to be led by his own affections and lusts. For we be so blinded by the sin of Adam, that we discern not between good and evil, howbeit that is not perceived at the first blush. But if ye look into the whole course of man's life, ye shall find that they hold not any certain way, but that they wander to and fro, and in the end become stark beasts, so as they have no heart grief nor scruple of conscience at all. Now he showeth what diversity there ought to be betwixt the life of Christians that have been trained in the gospel, and the life of the ignorant blind wretches which never wist what God or his will is, and that is the cause why he addeth that we ought to keep a far other trade, we I say, that are trained up in Jesus Christ, as if he said that such as have not the light of God stray here and there, and no marvel, though they do so. For they be blind and wander in darkness. But seeing that God hath enlightened us, and we have Jesus Christ, the day Son of righteousness, shining upon us, what a shame is it if we be mingled with those that have no direction at all? Then is there no excuse for us if we will allege the heathen? For so little can their example serve to lessen our sin that it shall be double our condemnation. And Why? God setteth them before our eyes as looking-glasses, wherein to behold what we ourselves and what our nature is, of all the while that we be ungoverned by the Holy Ghost, On the contrary part, we have our Lord Jesus Christ to show us the way of life, and it is not for naught that he hath said that he is the light of the world, and that whosoever walketh in him cannot stray, and again that he is also the way wherein a man cannot go amiss. That then is the cause in effect why St. Paul addeth that it is not so with us, for we have learned Jesus Christ. And how? Ye have heard him, saith he, and his setting down all those words is of purpose to cut off all occasion of making of shrouding-sheet of ignorance. For men are loath to be counted fools, except it be when they should come to accounting with God. But then they would fain scape by saying, I am a silly idiot, I am not able to busy myself in so many matters, it is impossible for me to set my mind unto that. Ye see, then, how we can well enough acknowledge our ignorance when we be called and cited to make a reckoning before God. Again, another sort will say that the gospel is too high and deep a thing for them. St. Paul answereth unto all this in one word, saying that we have heard Jesus Christ. As if he should say, it is long of none but ourselves that we have not been well and duly instructed, seeing that the gospel hath been preached unto us. For why? Why? There God showeth himself, so far forth as is expedient for us. Then is there sufficient learning in the gospel, and it is not for us to allege our own rawness, no more than our darkness, for God doth the duty of a good and faithful schoolmaster. To be short, if we continue still in our beastliness after we have heard the doctrine of the gospel, we must blame ourselves for it. For surely it is not long of God, who knoweth what is meet for us. And that is the cause also why St. Paul protesteth that there is no veil in his preaching, but that men might there see Jesus Christ, if they were not blinded by Satan, with unbelief, to go away into destruction. Howsoever the case stand, we could not fail on God's behalf to be guided and governed, as is meet for us, if we gave diligent ear to the things that he showeth us in the gospel." And he doth yet so much the more aggravate the lewdness of such as profit not in God's school, when he addeth that they have been taught, not as though it had been showed them what Jesus Christ is for once and away, and that they had had but only some small taste of it, for then might it seem that their ignorance were excusable. But seeing that our ears are continually beaten with it from day to day, and we have been confirmed and furthered in the faith, and yet we abide still in our beastliness, that is utterly unexcusable. For he hath showed heretofore that if all this boot us not, but that notwithstanding men's stirring of us up early and late to come unto God, and their offering of the food of life unto us to feed us withal, so as we have been confirmed in it from day to day, to the intent we should not want anything, we be still at our ABC like young beginners, and know not what the rule of good life is. We can blame none but ourselves, neither can we say that we be silly ignorant souls, or that God speaketh unto us in too dark a language, or that we have not been trained up in the knowledge of the truth. All this is dispatched by that which St. Paul telleth us here, which is that God hath not ceased with the preaching of his truth unto us once or twice, but that he hath ordained the gospel to be preached continually, that we might be confirmed in it all the time of our life and that the thing which we did not conceive or understand at the first should be repeated unto us and laid forth more familiarly, in a known tongue to the end we might have the larger confirmation of it, and that if we profit not for all his calling of us to him without ceasing, we see our unthankfulness too apparent in that we know not Jesus Christ after we have had our ears beaten so long time with the gospel. And this is spoken unto us, wherefore let us learn to reckon the time well, When such as have known God's truth from their childhood do come to man's state, let them think thus with themselves, I ought to be a great teacher, as the apostle also showeth in the epistle to the Hebrews. It is now a fifteen or twenty years ago since I came to age of discretion, so as a number of men are still behind me. And it is God himself which calleth me, for the preaching of the gospel unto me is not by chance, but thereby God showeth the care that he hath of my salvation, and the love that he beareth towards me. Seeing then that I have heard the gospel so long time without ceasing, or might have done if the fault were not in myself, must I not needs look for a terrible condemnation when I continue still in my beastliness? Again let such as have been some time in darkness, and afterward are enlightened, think thus. It is now a year, five, ten, or more ago, since God opened mine eyes by his word, and drew me out of the dungeon wherein I was, in which, if he had left me still, I had been a wretched, forlorn creature. And now that he hath vouchsafed to enlighten me with the knowledge of his truth, which is so precious a thing, should I be reckless in the hearing and receiving thereof? Again, on the other side, God, pitying my rudeness, applieth himself as much as can be to my capacity, insomuch that he doth even lisp, as ye would say, to show me his secrets after a sweet and loving fashion, as if one should feed a little babe and chew his meat to him. To the end he should have no more to do but to swallow it down, and shall I notwithstanding continue a dullard still?" then let us mark well all these things and bear well in mind these words of st paul where he saith not only that we have heard of jesus christ but also that we have been taught him because that through god's goodness the gospel was not preached unto us for one day and no more but hath ringed a long time already in our ears And we have to mark that St. Paul, speaking of the doctrine of the gospel, matcheth Jesus Christ with it, according as it hath been told us heretofore, that the thing which God showeth us in his word is the knowledge of Jesus Christ, as who is also the end and substance thereof. Therefore let us mark it to the intent we wander not when we would fain profit in God's word, but may have always a certain mark to aim at. For we see a number that have turned over the scripture leaf by leaf, and are able to make a great report of it. But in the meanwhile they wot not what the effect or pith of it is. For their aiming is not at our Lord Jesus Christ. So much the more behoveth it us to mark well all the text wherein it is showed us, that when we once know the benefits that are brought unto us by the Son of God, what power he hath and what treasures he uttereth towards us, then we have the true understanding of the gospel." But without Jesus Christ we have nothing, and verily we ought to be the more provoked thereunto by the example of those which name themselves Christians, and yet notwithstanding what not to what saint to vow themselves, as they say. As for example, see how the papists gad up and down without any certainty, and are as reeds that bend with every wind. And why? Because there is no steadfastness but in our Lord Jesus Christ and they be justly punished for not seeking of him. For although they be never so stout in their own imaginations, yet must they be fain to know in the end that the things which they have builded and forged in their own heads are nothing. And therefore, as I have touched already, let us understand that Jesus Christ is the shot anchor whereunto God the Father calleth us, and that we must not be drawn from him for anything, but apply all that we have unto him. And that is the cause why St. Paul doth, in God's name and authority, exhort and warn those again which have heard Jesus Christ, and been taught of him by the doctrine of the gospel. Furthermore, he saith, if ye have learned him well, according as the truth is in our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is set down of purpose, because there are a number of fickle-headed folk and fantastical fellows, which make great protestation with full mouth that they be Christians, as though they had devoured the whole gospel, and yet have neither wisdom nor discretion in them. And would God that examples thereof were not so rife nowadays in the world. But if a man should demand every of them whether they would not have the gospel, yes, what else, say they, that runs roundly with them without any stop. For saying is good cheap. But let a man examine the most part of them, how they have profited, and he shall scarce find one among a hundred of them that knows in good earnest what belongeth to Jesus Christ. To say that men may lawfully eat flesh upon Fridays, and to mock at all the superstitions of popery, and to say that they be but gewgaws and trifling things, that they can do with ease. But in the meanwhile, if a man ask them what it is to be regenerated, what patience is, what newness of life is, and what it is to be fashioned again after the image of God, there the most part of them will show that they never tasted of the truth of the gospel, but did only gibble about the bark of it, and never came at the very substance of it. And this is not nowadays only, for St. Paul showeth well, that even in his time many folks abused the name of Christ, and would needs be taken for great Christians, and yet never wist what the Son of God was. Wherefore, let us mark well what is said here, for it is as if St. Paul should find fault with himself, not that the things which he had spoken needed any amendment, but to give the sharper check or rebuke to such as did so falsify Christ's name, and wickedly abuse his gospel by making it a cloak for their wickedness. St. Paul then, making a countenance as it were to bethink himself better, saith, Yea, forsooth, but I pray God he have learned him. As if he should say, I speak indifferently to all such as have heard the pure doctrine of God. Howbeit forasmuch as a great sort will rest and wring the things that are told them, and take but only some patch of matter, I wot not what? Therefore have they not any good foundation to build upon? To be short, they have no root of faith, and yet for all that, have they once but fiddled over, I wot not what? By and by they be great clerks to their own seeming. And therefore look well to it, saith he, that ye make not a vain protestation, lest ye be convicted of falsehood before God and his angels, and that the name of Jesus Christ, which ought to be holy to you, be not taken in vain, and that, whereas any of you boasteth himself to be a Christian, yet notwithstanding ye know not to what end Jesus Christ was given of God his Father, nor how we be made partakers of him, nor what our redemption is, nor how we may enjoy all his benefits. For if ye know not these, it is certain that all this bragging of yours shall cost you right dear, For that you have with full mouth protested yourselves to be Christians, and yet notwithstanding know not which be the qualities of your Christendom, nor to what end to apply them. This is, in effect, the thing that we have to remember upon that strain. Behold, St. Paul telleth us here that if we have been trained in the gospel, it behoveth us to differ from the ignorant and the unbelievers.' For God's shoaling of us out, and his setting of us in array alone by ourselves after that fashion, and his enlightening of us, is to the end, we should no more be as wanderers at random, nor as silly blind wretches groping in the dark, but that we should know the right way of salvation, and in especially seeing we be daily exhorted to come unto him, and he giveth us means to further us more and more in the faith. Let us be very wary, that we unhallow not so holy a thing as is the truth of the gospel and the pure doctrine of God. But we unhallow it, if we know not to what end God hath given it us, and that we must bear it in mind. For I have told you already that many fantastical persons will pretend Christianity well enough, but yet for all that there is no substance nor root in them. Therefore let us look well, that we know whereto we be called, and that God Be not disappointed of his intent when he doth the office of a schoolmaster towards us, but that we consider how he showeth us the way of life and salvation, and like as he is a good and faithful teacher, so let us be like scholars unto him. But let us come now to the truth whereof St. Paul speaketh, which is, saith he, that ye put off the old man which is corrupted with earthly lusts, even according to the conversation that ye have led heretofore. He expresseth yet better that all they which vaunt themselves to be the disciples of Jesus Christ, and yet notwithstanding lead a lawless life, and do but give occasion of offence in the church, are falseries, as if a man should bring forth a counterfeit deed. Wherefore let us mark that it is a cursed treachery when we say we intend to be Christians, and profess it also with our mouth, and yet notwithstanding go from the thing in our works which we protest in our words, as saith St. Paul in another place. For he that taketh leave to do all evil, and yet will be taken to be of the number of God's children, it is certain that he denieth Jesus Christ in his whole life, how much soever he confess him in words. Therefore let us bethink ourselves and consider that, if we mean to be allowed of God, we must learn to rid away our old man, and by that word the scripture meaneth all that we have of nature.' For we know there are, as he would say, two wellsprings of mankind, that is to wit, Adam and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as in respect of our first birth, we come all out of the wellspring of Adam and are corrupted with sinfulness, so as there is nothing but frowardness and cursedness in our souls." It standeth us then on hand to be renewed in Jesus Christ, and to be made new creatures. And for that cause doth the old man betoken all that we have by birthright from our fathers. Now then, if a man be let alone in his first state, surely he shall be but a blind wretch full of rebelliousness and spite against God. To be short, he shall tend all wholly unto evil, for we be altogether saped in it that is the thing that is meant by the old man, lest we should think that St. Paul's intent was to rebuke but only the vices that are apparent before men. Like as when men will rebuke one that hath played the unthrift for a time, they will say, he must cast his old skin. But here St. Paul passeth yet further, which is that our likings are utterly untoward, that there is not one drop of goodness and uprightness in us, that all our thoughts are wicked, and that all our desires and affections are rebellious against God, and against his will and justice. Furthermore, whereas he speaketh of unclothing or putting off, it is a similitude rife enough, whereby it is meant that we must give over all that is of our own, and cast it quite away, that we may be clothed again with other ornaments, as he will add anon after. And here we see that there are two parts in ruling our life and coming unto God. The one is the forsaking of ourselves, and the other is that we be governed by God's Spirit. For needs must all that is our own be laid down before God take in hand the guiding of us. And why? For our thoughts and God's doctrine, our affections and the commandments whereby God will have us to be ruled, are as fire and water. Therefore, all that is of our own nature must be cut off before God do govern us. And that is the cause why we must begin at the forsaking of ourselves, which also is the very order that St. Paul hath followed in this text. We must, saith he, put off the old man. And secondly, we have to mark that Jesus Christ was sent us to the end, that we should be repaired after the image of God. It is true that he hath reconciled us to God his Father by his death and passion, and that the shedding of his blood washeth us from all our filthiness, and setteth us free from damnation and endless death, and that his offering of himself hath made full satisfaction for us, insomuch that if we resort to Jesus Christ for remission of our sins, God of his own free goodness accepteth us for righteous, because he passeth not what we be, but buryeth all our faults, and ceaseth not to favour us as his children, notwithstanding that we be wretched sinners. This benefit receive we by Jesus Christ. But yet must we not separate the second point from it, which is that we must be sanctified by his Holy Spirit, according to this saying, that he hath received the fullness of all grace, to the end that all of us should draw out of him. And Isaiah declareth that spirit of wisdom, the spirit of judgment, the spirit of uprightness, and the spirit of the fear of God rested upon him. And was that for any need that he himself had? No, but to the intent that we should receive that which we want, according to the measure that it pleaseth him to deal unto us, as we have seen heretofore. And that is the cause why St. Paul in the second to the Corinthians saith, that he became poor to the intent to fill us with his riches. Then if we desire to be received to mercy at God's hand, by the death and passion of his only Son, and to have our sins unimputed to us, because he hath made discharge and payment for them. Let us learn also that he has given us to make us holy, to the end we should be governed by his Holy Spirit. So then, if we intend to begin to rule our life well, we must forsake ourselves and fight against our own nature. And again, we must note also that there is no Christianity in us, neither can we any skill of the Son of God, or of his power, or of his office, until we know that we ought to be repaired by him according to the image of God. Those are the two things which we ought to mark well. True it is that this deserveth well to be laid forth more at large, howbeit to the intent that the whole may be knit together in one link, let us note briefly that we can never be allowed of God, nor never do him any service that he may like of unless we enter into the said battle of offering force and violence unto all our thoughts and affections to subdue them as prisoners to the obeying of God and to kill them quite and clean. So much concerning the first point. Now to the end this doctrine might not seem more than needeth. St. Paul putteth the Ephesians in mind what they had been. For we know that men are not willing to be rebuked, That is to say, they be loath to abide it, and would rather be spared, insomuch that when any warning is given them, they could find in their heart to put it far from them. On the other side, we be so newfangled that if a man tickle us not in the ear with some new thing, we do, as it were, despise and disdain it. As for an example, if a man speak to us of walking in the fear of God, who knows not that, say we, let him go preach that to little children, will many a man say. And why? Because it seems to them to be but lost time to speak of things that are so well known to them. But doth it therefore follow that they be familiar and in use with them? No, for as for them that say, Do not we know well enough that God must be loved, honoured, and served, that we must abstain from theft, extortion, lying, deceit, blasphemy, whoredom, and all other such things? Are they not the greatest despisers of God and of all right-dealing?' Yes, but let us hearken what St. Paul telleth us here. Go to, saith he, I exhort you to put off the old man. If ye say you have it not, advise yourselves well and consider what you were at the time that God drew you to the knowledge of his gospel, that is to wit, that ye were as folk lost and utterly forlorn. So then assure yourselves it is not for naught that I exhort you to riddle away the old man, for ye be not quite stripped out of him as yet." It was as a double garment about you before, and therefore ye must be fain to labour the earnestlier, as now to lay away the residue that remaineth of it still. Again on the other side he telleth them also that it must not grieve them to be exhorted, as though the things that are spoken of were sufficiently known to them, specially seeing that experience showeth that they never knew how to order their life. For to know that it behoveth us to do this or that, is not all that we have to do, but we must also show that our life is well acquainted with God's doctrine. Then, if it be perceived by our fruits that we have such root in us as we can skill to frame ourselves wholly to God's will, then may it be said that we be well learned. But if our former life berate us to have been as stray sheep, or rather as utterly picked away after our own lusts, and that there remaineth yet still a smatch of the same, that we be not so well cleansed as were requisite. Let us bow down our ears and hearken willingly to the thing which we see to be profitable, yea, and needful for us. And so St. Paul spake not only for the Ephesians, but also for us all in common. Wherefore, as oft as it seemeth unto us that we could well forbear the often putting of us in mind of one thing, let us examine our life, and if we find not ourselves yet thoroughly rid of the diseases that we be told of, Let us abide to be taught more and more, assuring ourselves that it is not enough for us to have the doctrine of God swimming in our brain, but that it must be well settled in our hearts, so as our life, as I said afore, may answer for us, that we be learned in good earnest. And St. Paul, having spoken of the old man, saith that he is corrupted according to the lusts of error and deceit. In saying that he is corrupted, he compareth the agedness of our souls with the agedness as we see it in our bodies. When a man cometh to old age, he becometh weak in respect of strength, both of body and mind. He forgoeth all his lustiness, and hangeth his wings. To be short, he is as good as half-dead. For his age doth so abate his courage, that he must look still towards his grave, which waiteth for him. And St. Paul taketh a resemblance hereof in the old agedness of the soul. Now I have told you already that to put away the old agedness of the soul, or the old man, is to forsake our own nature, because it is altogether cursed, and we bring nothing with us from our mother's womb that is good and clean. Therefore if we be given to our own imaginations and follow our own fleshly reason and give the bridle to our affections, then is the soul in his old agedness. And St. Paul saith that by that means it is corrupted, that is to say, there is no life of God in it, as we have seen heretofore. Let us understand, then, that we be corrupt, so long as we continue in our old man, that is to say, so long as we continue still in our own state and nature. No doubt, but we will think ourselves to have liveliness enough. But that is but a madness, and all the mysteries that we try shall be but to break our necks, until we have forsaken and given over both our thoughts and our lusts. And that is the cause why St. Paul speaketh purposely of the desires and lusts of deceit. For he showeth that men are so blinded, as they discern not how the devil deceiveth them by the incitements which he setteth for them. For whosoever is not touched with true fear of God will let himself loose, and... If a man say to him, Unhappy creature, wilt thou undo thyself so? He will answer, No, for it seemeth not to him that he serveth the devil. And why? For they that are bewitched with Satan's illusions after that sort do so cleave unto him that they become stark dolts and dullards. To the end, then, that we learn to flatter ourselves no more in our own conceits, nor to fall asleep thereupon, St. Paul telleth us, that our lusts are full of deceits, As if he should say that when you take yourselves to be in good case, and ye have all your own wishing, and fortune, as ye term her, smileth upon you, so as ye prosper in all things, everywhere, and ye want nothing, behold, all your felicity is but falsehood. To be short, St. Paul meant to warn us here that we ought to suspect ourselves in all our desires. Therefore, if a man intend to rule his life well, he must first and foremost mislike of himself, and consider that, All that ever he imagineth of his own conceit is but an illusion of Satan, wherewith he deceiveth and beguileth himself, and that as many as are of them are but as snares to entangle him on all sides. When we once know this, we shall have profited greatly, not only for one day, but for all our life long. And forasmuch as we see such a number of wretched souls cast away themselves upon hope of some profit, which they have imagined of their own head, Let us beware that we hold not the same trade, that is to say, that we follow not our own good intents, as men term them. For we shall but throw ourselves headlong into destruction, if we follow the way that our own nature drives us to. And why? For all our own lusts and likings are deceitful. Then is there none other shift but to lay aside the reason which we wean ourselves to have, together with all the enticements of Satan and the world, so as every wit of it be cast away, and we well appointed, knowing that the sweetness of them serveth but to beguile us the sooner, that we might not perceive the deadly poison which is hid underneath. Thus, in effect... We have to bear in mind how St. Paul telleth us that until such time as we have learnt to deny ourselves, and to hold ourselves as prisoners under God's word, yea, and to rid ourselves quite and clean from the things that we have of ourselves and of our own nature, we wot not what Christianity meaneth, we know not whereto the gospel tendeth, nor to what end it is preached. For it is not enough to have put away the old man for once, but we must profit in it more and more, according to the warning that is given us here." And in good scoth, St. Paul had taught the Ephesians, and they had received his doctrine, and yet nevertheless he exhorteth them a long time after, as we see. Hereby he showeth us that it is for us to envere ourselves to patience all our life long. Although then that we have already struggled greatly to thrust all our affections, all our lusts, and all our likings under foot, yet shall we never have so overmastered ourselves that we shall be thoroughly reformed. And therefore it standeth us on hand to give all our endeavour thereunto, and to labour for it all the time of our life. And so, in few words, ye see the stoutness which we must have to forsake all our own lusts and all our wicked thoughts. And hereupon we must proceed to the second point, which is that we must be renewed, for it is not enough that men mislike of themselves and hate their vices in shunning of them, but we must also frame ourselves to God's will according to this saying, Hate evil and do good. So then, the things that Saint Paul hath spoken hitherto are as a preparative to set our life in good order, like as when a man intendeth to have a good crop in his field, he must first stub it, to rid away the brambles, bushes, and evil weeds, and afterward plough it and harrow it, and then sow it, and so will fruit spring of his labour. Therefore, if we purpose to bear fruit unto God and be desirous to order our life in such wise as his name may be glorified by it, we must first cause ourselves to be stubbed, for we be full of naughty affections, which are as thorns and thistles, and therefore must be cut away and plucked up by the root, and afterward we must be tilled. So as the plough pass upon us, that is to say, when our Lord maketh us to feel his justice, we must be so sorry that we be so given to naughtiness, as it may be, as a good tilleth to us at God's hand. That is the thing which St. Paul doth hitherto. Now he soweth the good seed to the end, that God may gather the fruit which he requireth of us. That is to say, that he may be honoured at our hands, and that we may show that we do in very deed think ourselves beholden to him for all things. That is the cause why he speaketh next of being renewed in mind and understanding. That is to say, that we must be reformed in all things throughout, and be so changed as men may perceive that we have not only forsaken ourselves, but also that God reigneth in us without gain-striving, and possesseth us both in our affections and in our thoughts, according as he deserveth right well, that we should be given all wholly unto him. Now let us fall down before the majesty of our good God, with acknowledgement of our faults, praying him to make us so to feel them, as it may make us to be sorry for them, and to walk roundly away in the path wherein he hath set us, and that to bring the same to pass we may consider to what end our Lord Jesus is sent us, so as the things which he hath done for us may not be lost and perish through our lewdness and carelessness, but that we, being renewed, may learn so to serve our God in holiness and righteousness, as we may well show how great account we make of the most noble and excellent redemption which he performed, in that he spared not his only Son for our sakes. And so let us all say, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, etc. End of Sermon 29